Hello church, this is Drew Shelley here, one of the pastors at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro with the Church at Work podcast. I'm happy to have with me Josh Markham, our Director of Missions, and Chris Lindurham, our Associate Pastor of Congregational Care. We're going to talk a little bit about the experience of building a house at Redbird Mission in Kentucky. Our church has been doing this for some time, and uh, I'm just so pleased to find out we have this relationship and to really be able to talk about the church truly being at work and some hands-on ministry with folks uh, in crisis in another part of our larger community, but still very much in our community. Josh, tell us a little bit about how we came to be connected with Redbird Mission and, and how we got on this journey of building a house. Sure. Well, Redbird Mission in uh, Clay County, Leslie County area of Kentucky has been there. It's a United Methodist mission. It's been there for years and years. Um, and they have work camps uh, all throughout the year where church groups can go up and work on homes in the area. Uh, it's it's a relatively, it's well, it's one of the poorest sections of America. The three counties uh, there together um, are I think at one time were the poorest counties in America. There's history all through the 60s and stuff like that. You can see and hear about that. But uh, so the the living conditions are pretty rough. Uh, there's not a lot of industry. Um, there's not a lot of income. And uh, so folks are, are just scraping by. Uh, Redbird Mission is kind of a bright spot there because they provide a school, a, a health clinic, uh, food pantry, all that kind of stuff to help people get by. Uh, but these work camps, churches would go and they do housing repairs. They'd patch roofs, they'd fix floors, they would um, help with accessibility and, and that kind of stuff. Well, um, some of the groups, some of the local groups here, like at St. Mark's, uh, had gone back to a house that they had repaired and were doing the same repair over again. And so it made them really take take a, a step back look at it and say, what are we doing if if every couple of years we're just patching the same holes? We need to look at a bigger solution. And so some of the great minds there um, got together and um, and thought of this idea. Well, let's let's build a house. Let's find a way to do that up there. Um, and so. It's sort. It's a district project uh, for the for Stones River District, uh, but there's also some partnerships outside of the district. Um, right. You know, um, it, the the whole thing is is designed and engineered by by a good friend and a, a awesome guy. I think you know uh, Ken Hunter up at Cookville First, and um, he was my very first engineering professor. Yep. And a great man. Uh, just a, a genius, a beautiful mind. Yeah. I love being around him and learning from him. Uh, and of course, Paul Gibbons at St. Mark's, he's sort of the inspiration for this whole thing. He, he's very familiar with that area, grew up in that area. Um, but he's one of the ones that, that just looked at it and said, what are we really doing? Right. Um, so um, about four or five years ago, they started this, um, this concept of, of building a home up there. Of course, it's in partnership with Redbird Mission. They do a lot of the background work. They find the families, make sure that they have a deed on the property and that they're sustainable. They'll be able to keep up with everything. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a really neat thing to be partnered with them in that area. It sounds uh, like a true partnership where the, the family might have the property, but not the means to replace a very, a very poorly built structure or a one that's just old and fallen in. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it is uh, 
the trailer homes that, okay. um, you know, were great in concept at one time because they were inexpensive. Right. Um, but the lifespan on a trailer home is not very much. Right. 25, 30 years is pushing it. Yeah. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is the trailer homes are not designed for some of the um, extreme climate issues that you have in the eastern Kentucky mountains. Mm-hmm. It gets pretty cold up there. Right. Uh, and they get a lot of snow. And uh, so trailer homes aren't very efficient. Um, the houses that, that we build in Redbird are actually extremely efficient. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that's really a wonderful concept and a way of doing mission with people in a community. And uh, so we send work crews up there to help, but we also provide funding for the house, typically half, I think, with St. Mark's and maybe some others. And then, uh, and then we go and help do the work. Is that right? Is that how that works? Yeah, it's actually, it's a modular home. So the, the concept is, and, and it being a district project, uh, a way to get other churches involved too, it's a, it's a modular home. We build it in sections down here. Okay. Uh, so uh, a church in Columbia or a church in Franklin or a church in Tullahoma or Woodbury can build a wall section. And then, uh, and then we take it up and assemble it uh, at Redbird. Um, for for every house, First Methodist Murfreesboro has at least provided the the entire floor, mm-hmm. uh, which was um, eight panels at one time. Um, but I, I knew as soon as we started to get involved with this, I knew that that we wanted to build a house, like we wanted to First Methodist should be able to just build a house for someone. Right. And so, um, and so we've, uh, we've partnered with, um, with St. Mark's with Franklin first with a few others to make sure that, that it's happening. Uh, but yeah, the last two houses we've, uh, funded half of the house. Okay. Chrislyn, you, you were able to go up, uh, about six weeks ago and spend some time with Josh and the work crew. Tell us about that experience that actually moving from just, isn't it great that we do this to rolling up your sleeves and jumping in there and swinging a hammer, I believe? Well, swinging a hammer is always good fun. Um, but the thing that really wanted made me want to go is I have been to Redbird before. Um, I came from Cookville first, and I had taken a group of youth up to Redbird, and I had done just what Josh was talking about um, by repairing parts of, of those older homes. Um, and so I already knew kind of what was going on up there. Um, and then I had seen part of a wall being done at Cookville First um, and been a part of that. And so I already had some understanding about what this was. And I'm also good friends with Ken Hunter. So we had had many conversations. Um, and so when I went up there, I was only able to go for a couple of days. And I went up there not knowing how to do much, most of any of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I could do whatever they told me to do. Uh, but beyond that, I wasn't quite sure. Um, and so one of the interesting things about going with this group of people is um, there were only two females um, and the rest were male and they all pretty much knew what they were doing. And most of them had been before. At so least they, we pretended to know what we were doing. Maybe that's it. Ah, <laughs> uh, the truth comes out. Yes. Um, but it was, it was fascinating because when we first got there, you know, everybody was excited and we started to put these walls up. And, you know, typically when you have a house – it's a very slow progress. You know, you you see it um, slowly putting the walls up and then it gets uh, insulated and everything happens inside. And um, But with this house, they had the entire 
um, frame of the house along with the walls inside put up by the time we left that first day. Right. Um, and by the middle of the second day, the roof, uh, the roof framing was on. So, I mean, it was incredible to see how quickly everything happened. Um, one of the other things that I find enjoyable about this trip is that I did learn how to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, Hal Taylor was one of them that went from this church, um, and he looked at me at one point and he said, do you want to cut this? And I said, I don't, I don't know how to cut this. And he said, well, I'll show you. And so he showed me how to use a circular saw, you know, um, and I think I learned three different saws that weekend of how to use the saw. Um, and I find that really neat that they're willing to not just go and do this work, but they're also willing to teach. Right. Um, they're not afraid to show you how to do something and then to let you run with it. Right. Um, you know, it was a very, it was very interesting in that way. It was um, informative in that way. Uh, but I also got to get to know some of these men uh, in greater detail because I spent all this time while building a house. Um, I walked around with John Rollison while he climbed the ladder and I put the tape down um, so that all of the, um, I guess, would be hinges of the wood would be put together and so no um, air mm-hmm. would get in or out. Um, and so that was that was fun to be able to be in conversation and and to work with one another and then to work with uh, three other churches. Uh, I believe there was there was somebody from Pulaski. Um, there were many from St. Mark's. Uh, Ken from Coatville was there. Um, so I got to work with all of these different people who I would not necessarily ever come in contact with. Um, so that gave a great insight to who they were and why they were there. The other part of this that means a lot to me is that I got to interact a little bit with the family. Uh. Um, They were not there that much when we were there because um, both mom and dad are working. Um, But to see the excitement on the little girl's face when she was like, I get to pick my room. Mm. Um, And to talk about um, paint and all of those things that may seem small. Um, for them, it wasn't. It was, it was this new thing for them, and they were so excited, uh, and they they couldn't believe that people wanted to do this for them, um, and and they were just as engaged with us uh, when they could be. Um, it was it was just a really neat experience. It was one that one reason that I love being able to go on these different trips, uh, being in, able to interact with different people. Um, but also just able to act, interact with one of, with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't always get to do that in those scenarios. Yeah, this is house number five uh, in the Redbird run and uh, the one that, that Chrislyn um, came up and, and worked on. And we, we were, I was able to be part of the selection process with Redbird and Paul um, to determine which, who was going to get the house. And, and when we went down through the line and, and met the different people and families, we, when we got to this one, it, we just knew. We both just looked at each other and we just knew that this was this was who was going to get the house. It's a it's a young couple with two young daughters, um, both working, like she said, uh, but two employed parents in in Eastern Kentucky doesn't equal what it does <laughs> right, down here necessarily. Right. Um, so they were living in a trailer home with uh, one of their parents, I can't remember. So six, six people living in a relatively small, somewhat is okay, but older trailer home. 
uh, you know, the girls did not have their own room, a lot of shared space. Right. Um, so that that was really neat to see them. They they tried to come up when they could and visit. Uh, I mean, we were only there for a couple of days. In, in three and a half days, it went from a, uh, a blank slate to a completely dried-in house. That's so, amazing. Uh, you know, they would come home from from work and it would be a totally different place in right. one day. So that was really neat to see. That, I would imagine, will change the trajectory of that family forever. Uh, having a home is such a crucial part of feeling stable and, and uh, safe in, in this world. And, uh, well, and it's not just a home. It's a safe home. Right. That right. That is can withstand all of the things that nature brings. It's warm in the winter and cool in the summer, and it's— it's safe and clean and new. And I think uh, this issue of housing is something that our church, our missions team, has identified as, as a key area of need in our own community. Uh, and, of course, it's the same in most every place. But we really have a struggle with that in Rutherford County, affordable housing, uh, safe, good housing. It's, uh, it's hard to come by. And when you find it, it's not cheap. And not everyone can afford uh, a good, safe, stable place to live. And so, as I understand it, our missions team has said we're we're ready to try to do this here to build a house in Rutherford County for a family that would uh, would meet these needs and uh, would be willing to partner with us. Uh, Josh, tell us a little bit about that about that journey with the missions committee. Yeah, I think this this vision probably started five or six years ago, really, um, even before Redbird. Uh, with our second Saturday crew. So every second Saturday, almost every second Saturday, we have a work crew that does some type of home repair, wheelchair ramp build, something like that out in the community. And uh, I can't remember exactly when it was. I think it was about six years ago. We were building a, a porch cover for a World War II veteran, uh, Mr. Willie. Um, he just wanted to be able to sit out on his porch in all kinds of weather. So um, we were building a porch cover. And uh, I remember building the porch cover and looking at the rest of his house and thinking, this is the nicest thing here. And this yeah. is the most sturdy thing here. And that's not, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. uh, his roof was in just complete disrepair. He asked us if we could look at it. We couldn't even get on the roof. And, and I remember leaving that project thinking he needs a house. He has one, but he, he needs, he needs a whole new house. And I, I just wanted to, I wanted to just be able to turn around and say, we're going to build you a house. Right. And, uh, and, and of course, the, the crew that was with me felt the same thing. And so I think that really started the dialogue of what can we do? Right. Um, and so over the last couple of years, we keep asking ourselves that, what can we do? Um, and then, of course, when Paul came along with Redbird, we said, well, let's, let's do that. Let's start there. Let's look at this model and see how it works and see if we can either apply it here in Murfreesboro or if we can bring pieces of it that we learn uh, to, to our own project because we, we know we want to do something. Right. So I think it, it kind of started there. And then, of course, you know, over the last couple of years, um, affordable housing has just it's become a bigger and bigger issue in Murfreesboro right. and our surrounding area. So, And it's um, so important for the church to say, not just to point it out, but to— begin to actually make a difference in dealing with that problem. It, that's that's crucial for us. And uh, 
boy, this is a way we'll get right in the middle of it and learn a lot and probably make some mistakes along the way, but that's part of the journey. Well, yeah, and, and you know, the question is what can we do? It's, it's, it's no longer what can we think mm-hmm. or what do we think about this? It's, it's, it's what can we do about it. What can we do about this? Yeah. So, so, yeah, we, we will learn and, and we'll, we'll discover, but uh, we've got to do. We do uh, something about this. So, in concept, we would we would love it if what we're doing in Redbird could just be brought down here and and work in this area. We know that there's a different level of codes and uh, different hoops to jump through, and land ownership isn't as prevalent, you know, in the city, but mm-hmm. maybe so in the county. Uh, we also know that there's you know habitat for humanity here, and there's not in Kentucky. So mm-hmm. uh, you know it 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 might look like more partnership with them. It it, it may be us doing our own thing, but uh, we 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 don't want to ask anymore. We we're ready to do something. Right. I love that. That's I think that's who we are as as Christians, as followers of Jesus. We're called to make a difference and to take the resources that we have. The, the money, the the people power, the influence, and to use it for good, to use it as a blessing. Yeah, we have to think about the the two little girls in Kentucky mm-hmm. uh, who uh, would be perfectly fine, or so they would think, to continue in the life that they were in. Right. They wouldn't know much different. Um, but when they grow up, there wouldn't be much different for their kids, possibly. Right. Um, so we have to think about them. What does, you know, what does building them a house say? It, it says one, there's something better mm-hmm. out there. There's there's better living, and two, there's strangers that care about me. Right. And what what does that look like? What does that where does that come from? Right. Well, it came from Redbird and the churches that partner with them. Well, why do churches help people? It starts this whole new cycle of life mm-hmm. for people, and and that's what we really need to get into down here. It's a, a hopeful expression of love, for sure. Chrislyn, uh, as we think about all of this and, and listen to uh, Josh sharing the heart of the missions team, what do you, as one of the pastors at our church, what do you say to folks who— who say, uh, why is the church doing this? We're not, we're not home builders. We're, you know, let somebody else do that. We just need to be here on Sunday and do our thing. What do you say to that line of thinking that uh, sometimes comes up? The first thought that comes to my mind is we are called to love God and to love our neighbor. And sometimes loving our neighbor means building a house. Hmm. Um, that may not seem like a huge deal to some, but to the person that doesn't have a home of their own, that's a huge deal. Um, and sometimes when we get into that frame of mind that, well, we really can't do that, or um, I don't have the gifts, or I don't know how to swing a hammer, or I don't know how to use a saw, um, we just automatically kind of write it off because we don't know how to do those things. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is when you're doing, especially any kind of of work um, with a church, like a mission work or um, going and doing something with Habitat, um, there is something for every person to do. Uh, whether it is swinging a hammer at 30 nails to make sure that the roof doesn't fall in, um, or learning how to use a saw, or learning how to caulk 
around the house so that air doesn't get in. Um, there is something that any person can do. Uh, and all you have to do is ask, how do I do this? And they'll show you how to do it. Right. Uh, it, it's not It's not that you have to know how to do every part of making that house. It's just you may need to learn one part, and that one small part will make a huge difference. And it doesn't take you doing everything. Right. Um, at the end of the day, it's how we love one another. That's exactly right. And I, I hear you both saying there are no excuses. We have the time, the resources, the ability to do this and even to learn what we need to learn to do this even better. Uh, the excuses are gone. It's time for us to roll up our sleeves and get to work. And I think what, what I see over and over in the life of the church and uh, in the life of folks who are serious about following Jesus, when we roll up our sleeves and get to work in this really difficult work of ministry, we learn way more about ourselves than we do about anything else. And we also learn what it is to become the people God has called us to be. That's what it means to be the church at work. It's part of our journey, part of the journey that God has called all us, all of us to. I'm thankful that the two of you are leading us in this, in this way, and uh, just so grateful that our church has this partnership and that uh, we're looking at doing something like this in Rutherford County, too. It's going to be a great new year in the realm of missions at First United Methodist Church, Murfreesboro. I thank both of you for your time and for having this uh, chance to have a little conversation about it. We'll be talking with both of you a lot more as we go through the rest of this season on the Church at Work podcast. Let's pray together before we go. Lord, we give you thanks for your love, for your life, for how you call us into the work of ministry, for how you call all of us to roll up our sleeves and find ways to help. Sometimes it's swinging a hammer. Sometimes it's learning new skills so that we can do the work of mission and ministry. Sometimes it's reading with a child across the street at the elementary school. Sometimes it's uh, helping in worship on Sunday morning, but always we offer our hearts, our hands, our lives to you and to each other. I pray your blessing on Josh and on Chrysalin as they do their work in this place. We are a blessed church to have them. We thank you that you're with us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thank you for joining us this week on the Church at Work podcast. We love hearing about the many ways that we can be at work in this world, sharing God's love. If you have been inspired to be a part of the Church at Work, let us know. We would love to connect with you and connect you to one of the ministries that we are involved with. Make sure that you don't miss our next episode by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. The Church at Work podcast is a ministry of First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you have an idea for a topic or have a question you'd like us to explore, please email me at ben at churchatworkpodcast.com. And don't forget that we will never change the world just by going to church. We will only change the world by being the church. So let's go be the church.